thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me at the range point four. This is control. We read you. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Sits and Sivs, Captains and Commanders, you're tuned to the Guard Frequency. And as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 179 of the Best Damn Space Sim Podcast Ever, and was recorded on Friday, August 4th, and made available for download Tuesday, August 8th, over at GuardFrequency.com. I'm Ostron. I'm Jeff. And I'm Kinchetto. And in the booth this week is Tony the Tiger. He's great! So, what do we have in store this week, Kinchetto? In this week's Squawk Box, Earth's first, last, and only line of defense against the worst scum of the universe could be you. Next, we see what news from your favorite space sims has landed as we cover Star Citizen's delayed 3.0 release, and the format changes coming to Around the Verse as a result. And Patch 2.4 Beta has been scheduled with new fungus among us in Elaine Dangerous. Finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. That takes care of the housekeeping, so let's get on with the show and see what's coming through the squawk box. Hey, you boys, need a carrier out here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. This is Jeff saying welcome to the squawk box, everyone. For everyone who's ever dreamed of working for NASA, we here at Guard Frequency are pleased to bring you the news that NASA is hiring for a prestigious position, a planetary protection officer. No, the job does not come with Buzz Lightyear spacesuit or an advanced starship. It, it may come with an Apple laptop, but we're not sure what platform NASA subscribes to. However, despite the obvious shortcomings, it is still a full-time position with six-figured salary and benefits. It's also not a joke. The position exists because of a stipulation in the Outer Space Treaty of 1967, which specifies that space agencies need to ensure nothing from space contaminates Earth or vice versa. This is a legitimate concern. There is a chance, however small, that a virus or bacteria from space would be so alien that it could infect the world's population and cause a pandemic. On the other hand, if we contaminated another planet with material from Earth, it could contaminate the planet's atmosphere and interfere with life developing there. So the Planetary Protection Officer is more or less a space EPA. They inspect spacecraft that are going to be approaching planetary bodies or moons and make sure care has been taken to remove contaminants. The Galileo mission that explored Jupiter's moon, for example, had both spacecraft crash into the planet. Jupiter's makeup basically annihilates anything that could come from Earth, but there's a chance something could survive on one of the moons. The protection officer would have reviewed and possibly suggested or adjusted that plan. Interested people should apply, but the qualifications are a little harsh. First of all, because of President Ford, you have to be a U.S. citizen. Sorry, Lennon. Also, you have to have an advanced degree in physical science, engineering, or math. Sorry again, Lennon. On top of that, you need to have one year's experience as a top-level civilian government employee, demonstrated skills and diplomacy to work with foreign countries, and demonstrated experience planning, executing, and overseeing elements of space programs and national significance. So, yeah, sorry, Lennon. However, you, dear listener, think you've got a shot, head over to usajobs.gov 
for everyone else, a link to the article about the position will be in the show notes. That's like false advertising. The, the, the job title, that is like false advertising. I feel gypped. Well, they're protecting other planets. Protecting our planet. And, it's very and literal. But yeah, I, yeah, but I mean, the most of the job is protecting other planets, though. I mean, yeah, they're like supposedly, you know, Martian bacteria remnants from asteroids that have been floating around for millions of years. Like, that's the not that's not the hard part of the job. Don't let asteroids Tony, hit us. Tony, are you being Earthist? I mean, other planets m- I, m- mean Terra first. Too. Make Earth great again, man. He's always it's been very jingoistic of you. <laughs> No, but this is, I don't think this is an easy job. Like, determining how to study, how to sterilize spaceships and operate clean rooms and stuff like that. Um, I don't know how technical the job is, because it sounds a lot like some of it's just program management, but... I bet a big part of it is hanging up signs with big red letters with the vice president visits. (laughs) Don't touch this stuff. (laughs) I bet that's right up there on job responsibilities. She's probably in charge of that too, because the lady that's currently there, she's she's it's like a term position, right? So she'll, I find it likely that if she has any sort of job satisfaction, she's probably going to reapply and probably going to get it. It's probably not a job that number one, a lot of people are qualified for in the first place, and number two, if you're already in that spot, you got a leg up on all the competition. Yeah, the list of requirements read to me like when a company for whatever reason has to put an offer out for a job Mm -hmm. but they already know who they want in there so they just tailor the requirements so that only that person can qualify or or even more likely her boss probably said hey your term's coming up we've got to by law put this out there why don't you tell me what your job entails so we could put it out for the requirements? You probably went, I'll get right on that, and like wrote out exactly right. all the things that are on her resume. So, uh, but I mean, as far as I can tell, she's done a great job. I'm not infected with any sort of alien parasites right now that I know of, and we haven't infected anybody else out there. Well, that it, I know if of. an alien parasite, we have much bigger issues because our atmosphere protects most of the planet. During reentry, the surfaces of most bodies that come in during reentry are so hot, they're likely to burn off any potential. Right. So if we get infected, that means that some other force has purposely bypassed our atmosphere. Excellent point. Well, I mean, there, there is an ongoing theory that life on this planet is caused by such an infection, whether it was intentional or otherwise. Panspermia theory? Yes. There's a, 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 an asteroid collision or a, or a shower basically about four billion years ago, and shortly after that is when complex molecules start, start, start appearing. So, yeah, that's definitely a thing. But I like Jeff's thing because that leads directly to my earlier point is that's when you would need a real planetary protection officer when someone's trying to circumvent natural protections. She's already got the title. I mean, yeah. honestly, if we see aliens, they might give her a ray gun and tell her to go fight those guys. Or maybe she already has ray guns and hasn't told us about them. Maybe she's an alien. That's what. I, that's probably why she's going to get the job again because she already knows where the ray guns are. Well, hold on, hold on. If if there was if there was an actual alien invasion and they thwarted the alien invasion and they wanted to keep it a secret, whose job do you think it would be to thwart the alien invasion? Obviously, the the planetary protection officer. Obviously, so she, you don't know how many times she's already saved our lives. That could be entirely possible. That could be true. I want to be the first to say thank you, unnamed planetary protection officer. I appreciate your efforts. I, I wonder if it was her predecessor that when Mars attacked. <laughs> 
Jeff, that was a work of fiction, okay? Was it? It was based on a true story. <laughs> based on a true story. <laughs> the names were changed, though. Read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to others listening on the spectrum? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. But for now, let's see what news has hit the flight deck. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our production schedule update for August 4th, 2017. Actually, we're going to skip the details because this week there was only one production schedule update that anyone cared about. 3.0 has been delayed. We would ask that Tony hold his comments until we finish with the summary. Originally targeted for a release in late August, the latest production schedule update changed the target of the update's release to early September. For practical purposes, this probably boils down to a functional delay of anywhere from two to four weeks. Following outcry that was virtually guaranteed, CIG's Will Leverett posted a response on Spectrum. The full post will be linked in our show notes for those who want to read the whole message, but the overall tone lays the blame on in the delay on three things. He reiterated that the dates on the production schedule are targets, not promises, and active development means that targets shift and slip all the time. His next point is that 3.0 is much larger and more complex than any game update they've released prior. It includes gameplay and mechanic updates as well as the new incremental patcher. With unprecedented work comes unanticipated problems, which are the practical reasons for the delay. Finally, he assures readers there is no malicious intent and the whole of CIG is working diligently to get 3.0 out. Anyone who's backed Star Citizen, follows SIG News, or listens to the podcast regularly knows that delays are not new for SIG or Star Citizen. It is often treated as a running joke among SIG staff, up to and including Chris Roberts himself, making cracks about it at various Gamescom and CitizenCon events. All of that to say, this delay may have not been expected, but it certainly shouldn't come as a surprise at all. Objections and outcry have followed all the predictable lines of reasoning. Our research badgers did some analysis, and the primary reactions to this are 1. The delays are only because the game is being made more awesome, and anyone who thinks otherwise is a hater. 2. The delays should be ignored, as should the whole project, until they release something that isn't an alpha. 3. The delays are because Chris Roberts is a perfectionist who doesn't know what scope creep means, and he'll never consider the game to be finished. 4. These delays are the smoke leaking out of an organizational fire that will see the implosion of the game and collapse of CIG. And 5. The delays are the latest smokescreen meant to conceal the reality that CIG is a tax-manipulating, money-laundering scam that is only stealing money from blind backers who cannot see the truth. All other points of view are statistical minorities, at least as far as the internet forums are concerned. As a result of this outcry and delay, CIG is temporarily changing the format of ATV. They are foregoing the studio updates for the time being so they don't take up developers' time, and instead they are doing a behind-the-scenes type segment called Burndown. It's being billed as, you'll be able to be a fly on the wall for some of our production meetings. Whether this means it'll be recorded video of actual meetings, or just a summary similar to that, We'll have to see. ATV will continue to explore systems and development in more detail for the later part of the show. 
But going forward, that segment will be exclusively focused on features being released in 3.0. This week, they covered the secondary viewport tech, which is their way of rendering holograms in-game to make them more immersive. This is another dive that verges on computer science nerdery, <laughs> so if that's your shtick, definitely check it out. But the segment has a lot of pretty images and rendering, so it's a visual treat regardless. So, personally speaking, I love the render to texture section. It's not a new technology. I know I was doing it in college in the 90s, and etc., and working on APIs into the... Uh, the early uh, 2000s on this kind of stuff. So it's definitely not new for the graphics industry or any other kind of tech. A lot of the other things that they do is a benefit of render to texture, including reflections and stuff. But their engine integration into it and the features that they are delivering to the CryEngine stuff is very interesting and, and, and worth the time to see, if only for the glimpses that it actually gives you into Squadron 42. This is also very similar to the, the thing I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about the um, UK update, where they showed you in the background a mission briefing from Squadron 42, and then they go into more depth of that actual little video they showed. And so you get a little bit more feel of some of the non-combat stuff in Squadron 42 and mission elements and story things that you may be seeing in the game. You know, um, I, I am not surprised by the delay, but I'm not upset by it all. At least it's not a delay of months. It's only a delay of weeks. And he's right. You know, the schedules that are posted on the production page and stuff, they're they're just arbitrary dates, you know, when they expect it to be done. It's there's no there are no promises ever made or anything like that. So I'm not upset by this at all. So an another reason um, to add to the, the nice list that we have here for for some of these things that people are outcrying with is one of the reasons that I that that I'm a particular favorite on is Chris Roberts is intentionally shortcoming some of these schedules. And the reason that I say that is because he's actually said that he does that in the past. He said he makes his game schedules for his developers overly ambitious. And he says in his experience, it makes the developers work harder trying to meet what is essentially a non-completable schedule. But they try and meet it anyway, and then um, they get under whatever his real schedule in his head is. It would seem like that would be something that he should advertise more than well you know you don't want to tell people that though or it doesn't work yeah i suppose that's a point but a lot of managers and, and, and subscribe to the same thing i've done on project management i've done the, a very same process I, i'll i'll short things by a week or two just to get people to make sure that their deadlines are coming up and 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 they get their work done it's almost like a double set of books right but what you're saying is is true, but the problem is is there isn't a double set of books because in I can understand the approach where you give deadlines to your developers or whomever that are very aggressive so that they meet the so that they work extra hard to meet those targets, but you don't give those hyper aggressive deadlines to the project sponsors or the executives. And that seems to be where it's falling down because if you give those aggressive schedules to the executives, they don't know that they're aggressive. They have no basis of comparison to say that they're too fast. There's there's no way to keep those secret from the developers in this case because we're the executives, quote unquote. Yeah, I just think if from a marketing perspective, it seems like it would be a better move to give the, the quote unquote real dates 
to the masses and try to find some other method of encouraging the developers to go faster because at the moment the way they're doing it they're just making it look like either their project management is horrible at estimating their workload and their efficiency or everything's going off the rails all right neither one of which looks good so i just 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 to just to throw this thing out there really quick sig always lies chris roberts always lies with regards to dates and i'm not gonna i don't want to mince words you know i'm not gonna say oh you know he always fudges his dates no he literally lies he said in like fall of last year that 3.0 was going to come out in december of last year like or, or january of this year which it obviously didn't it's not even coming out it may not even come out this year the way they're doing it then there's absolutely no way that chris roberts actually thought those things and it was extremely obvious to me anyway like when he said them at gamescom or whatever it was or citizen con that that's not going to happen why are you talking like that that's silly right they didn't even have like 2.6 or whatever it was out on time and they've never hit a date that's correct so there's no way for them to possibly mismanage something that long there has to be a strategy behind the numbers that is simply more than oh we had unforeseen things i mean there's literally has to be more than that they're obviously tell somebody in some form is telling us the wrong dates and it's either incompetence or it's intentional now that doesn't change my view of Star Citizen. I'm still a Star Citizen fan, and I've been with it for five years. And so I'm hypercritical about some of these things, especially on dates, but I don't believe any date they ever give me because it's a goddamn lie. I'm scared, though, because Tony hasn't spoken at all yet. I was asked not that, to that comment. That was confusing me. <laughs> no, I was asked. you were asked not to comment until we were done with the summary. Oh, oh, I was confused. I thought you were telling me to keep my mouth shut. No. No, I just wanted you to let us get through the coffee. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. I see. Well, here's the thing, guys. <laughs> yes. You're waiting for that. <laughs> Jeff was waiting for it anyway. We've always said here. We've said here from, from like, from the beginning. And I'm going to take this all the way back. All the way back to the, to the, the we... Jeff was there at the beginning, at the dawn of the seat of this in December 2013, which was the launch date that we picked in pre-production because that was when the dogfighting module was supposed to come out. <laughs> so, so eight months later, nine months later, really, because it was August of 2014 is when the dogfighting module finally launched. And so we took this little this little show, which is supposed to be about playing the game, right? About going through the alpha process while playing the game. We had to make sh- stuff up for nine months while we were waiting for the game to come out. Something playable. And when it did come out, it was quite playable and a lot of fun, but there wasn't much to it. But it set a track record, like Brian was saying, about just not believing CIG about any date they ever give you, ever. I always add 90 days minimum to it. Now, you're right. Minimum, minimum ninety days. Okay, so I mean, so in, in like uh, October or something. When when was it? August or October was the uh, December, two thousand sixteen thing. So you know whatever it was. Anyway, my point is that they then they said they they all December passed and came and went. And they finally said, look, we're going to start doing these schedule things. June three point in June. Well, I just okay plus ninety days. Well, that's September. So maybe they're going to hit the September date. Maybe. My greater concern, and this goes along with what Kinshadow's point was, is that that slide had a lot of stuff on it. It had the date, which we've already discussed. We, you can't ever trust it. 
but it had a lot of stuff on it that is core gameplay mechanics. And here we are, a month out, two months out, a month and a half, whatever it is out, and we have not seen a single thing about mining. We haven't seen much at all about trading. We've hardly seen a darn thing about the about how the cargo mechanics are going to work. So, no. I mean, so they they have showed us that they have showed I, us I, cargo I, mechanics. Yeah, but I mean, not like how it's going to work. It's not like they've said. Hi, welcome to Port Elisar. You have to take a four tons of whatever to this place. Here you go. This is how it's going to go. Click, 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 click. Then the people come and they look. I mean, we're six weeks away, supposedly, from this thing being a, a reality. And we haven't even seen, like, gameplay footage of, of a test. And that's the part that bugs me a lot. I don't think they're even locked on features for 3.0. And they've said oh. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that they Kill have mentioned me. where... There's a lot of things where they mentioned they've, we're cutting this, we're cutting this, we're cutting this, but this feature will depend on where we are when everything else is done for 3.0, whether we include it or not. So, I, you know, cargo and some portions of cargo may not actually be there, but they have showed us like cargo uh, trading kiosks. So you'll be able to buy the cargo. How that pops in your ship or anything like that, or do they haven't really showed us, but... Again, these are these are systems which were supposed to be feature complete, maybe not content complete, enough where people could operate them. That was what the 3.0 concept was going to be. Here's the here's the bare bones list of, of professions or profession activities, whatever they wanted to call them, that you're going to be able to do in 3.0. And here's the date that we're going to give it. Okay, the date, we know that's not ever going to be. But they keep, like you said, keep cutting features. And so what they're going to put out at 3.0 a year later whatever it is, is not only going to be a year late, but it's also going to be not the thing that they sold us on. And I, and I say sell, you know, with, with in quotes, because we've already all bought in. But this is where that old saying, never attribute to uh, malice that can be thoroughly explained by stupidity. I mean, if the, if the, if the choice Brian posed earlier is between incompetence and and uh, what was the other thing that you had there? Incompetence and malice. malice? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I, I didn't say malice. It's I said not malice, it was in, but it was, was intention. Intention. Yeah, I mean the the intentional uh, strategy of short dating this for the benefit quote quote benefit of the developers, but as a side effect of that, you're creating unrealistic expectations in your customers or your executives or whatever. I I don't think that's a good choice. I don't think you need to make that choice. I think that's a false dilemma, and I think. It's just another illustration of this is not a way to run a ship. I just I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed in how it came out. Very disappointed in, in in the tone it sets. I have I have less confidence in their ability to deliver 3.0 now than I did when I knew in June it wasn't going to come out in August. I, I knew that. I knew that. Everybody knows that. But now it's even like the way this has come out. I have even less confidence now. Uh, you know, I I'm going to disagree with you there, Tony. I I mean, I I can't okay. obviously because that makes argue good radio. About. I can't argue with you about your particular confidence level, but I don't think there's any doubt that they're going to come out with 3.0. But what is it? But what will 3.0 look like? That's the question. Well, I don't. I mean, there's some. There are basic features which they keep showing off, and I, I hope they have those basic features. But and honestly, it doesn't matter. I don't think what the exact features are because 3.0 doesn't represent just another arena commander or PU deliverable. It's there. It's a. It's a totally new in theory, phase of development. They haven't had a real update to this game in like a year. I mean, I've noticed. See, it, it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> what are we, what's the, what was the last like significant update? It was like 2.4 or something like that. Every, every, everything since then has been like bug fixes and ship additions. 
So this is be a, the first in a long while that we get something really neat, really cool. In theory, adds the, all of the ground gameplay and uh, uh, new mechanics, which will give us a much better view at the end game. I mean, regardless of what it has, if it doesn't have mining in it, if it doesn't have certain aspects of trading, if it doesn't have all the all of the the shop elements that that we don't already currently have, it's like whatever. In theory, this will kick off a new phase of development where those individual features will come at a faster pace. At least that was the entire idea behind 3.0 when he pitched it at CitizenCon and he showed like a 3.1, 3.2, yada, yada, yada. Of course, 3.0 was supposed to be like Q1 and we were supposed to have gotten a 3.4 by December. And so I, I, I share your concern that 3.0 may not even come in September at this point. It may, it may be a um, October CitizenCon reveal or some crap like that. Who knows? <laughs> but and, oh, uh, and the dates they give you are always going to be like PTU dates, you know, or Evocati dates or something like right. that. So they're never right. really, you know, not full, full blown. Dates. Yeah. You know, so we may not, we, this may be another Christmas release for us, like we got for 2.0. Like, like it was supposed to be in December 2013. It was supposed to be for Christmas. We were supposed to get Arena Commander for Christmas under the tree, wrapped up in a bow. To coincide with their first episode of Guard Frequency, which... <laughs> well, you know, I think they want to get this out as much as we want to get it. And and yes, Chris is a perfectionist. He always has been. He always will be. But at some point, you know, they're, they're, they're going to have to give it to us. Yeah, but then they run the risk in that case of if they only release what is perfect, they could end up playing into Tony's worry which is that 3.0 could get released and it won't have a significant number of the features that were originally promised, at which point it becomes a non-update. A, boondo- a boondoggle. Well, but it may have a lot of the like the back-end features that make development easier and act as a stepping stone, as Kinshadow was suggesting, but then it won't have enough for the players to play with that's new. And if that happens, I think they're going to upset a great number of people, even more so than they are. Well, now. let's let's go through what we know is going to be in there, because they literally just said we're delaying this because of these things in some cases, right? Like they're going to have the incremental patcher. We know it'll have procedural planets of some sort, maybe not as all the cool procedural planets features that we want, but it'll have something, and that is like light years beyond what we currently have in the PU. Well, yeah, but at the same time, at some point, if you're sacrificing in order to meet a date, at some point there's a go-no-go call, and if something is broken, it gets pulled out. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, and I will allow that it isn't common for a lot of Star Citizen stuff. Well, well, let's let's look at their track record, right? Chris Roberts' perfectionism is on what I would consider a look and feel level. He doesn't really consider most bugs to be go, no, go, or we would have never seen 2.0 as its current iteration because it still has an insane number of bugs. Do you remember when 2.0 was released? You couldn't even log in. Most people couldn't even log into the game, and you got in the game, and if you were on the 2.0 PTU, you could play for probably a grand total of five minutes at a time because that was when you were guaranteed to crash after five minutes. So I don't think SIG is afraid to release with bugs or afraid to have issues with things. Chris Roberts, I think, is afraid to release something that's mediocre. But I think any go, no, go on those individual features with mediocrity, I think are uh, 
they get called before they get before we see them anyway. One of the things that he was really picky on, Squadron 42 not being shown at CitizenCon last year, was that they didn't solve the pathfinding issues with NPCs in the ship. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. And so uh, that was a visual element that that they pulled that on, or that was like one of the you know the shortlisted issues that they just couldn't work around in the time. And I can I can see what your point, Ostron, is. If they have something visual like that, maybe he pulls it. But I don't think any of the big stuff that we're talking about really falls in that category. And your Star Citizen community questions. What was your reaction to the delay announcement? Do you think the ATV information is necessary or a smokescreen? Let us know your thoughts on those or any other Star Citizen issues. We'll tell you how in a moment. Elite Dangerous is on track for a third quarter release of 2.4 with the announcement of a beta test starting August 17th. Players who purchased a Horizons beta test pack at any point since 2.0 was released will get first crack at the new patch, followed by an open beta period shortly after. If history is a guide, there will be several beta patches over the course of a few weeks, followed by a live release, probably on a Tuesday. Or a Monday. What will be different this time, but probably not a surprise, is that none of the Thargoid content for 2.4 will be previewed in the beta. Obviously, Frontier doesn't want to spoil the storyline plan for the patch, especially with their plan for releasing the story in stages. But they will still need to help testing the mechanical changes planned for the patch. Unofficially, we here at Guard Frequency are expecting a karma reputation system for repeat criminal offenders, some additional play options in the new mega ships, and wait for it. Search and rescue operations! Woohoo! While a career in deep space rescue sounds just ducky to us, and no one can argue with the concept of what goes around comes around, these aren't the sort of things to create a rush to the beta server. Frontier is trying to help out with the offer of a unique ship decal for commanders that participate in testing. Details on how to get that reward will be coming as August 17th approaches. In the meantime, commanders itching to explore new alien realms don't have to wait for the 2.4 patch, thanks to some intrepid independent explorers. Our research badgers visited the hospital environment of Planet Reddit and found an interesting post detailing the discovery of, wait for it, a new form of fungus. Yes, exciting, fungus, in the vacuum of airless moons and planets, fungus. And while the discovery of a new procedurally generated inert 3D rendered plant life may not be game-changing, how they were discovered might be. According to the Post, a group of pilots had been studying the parameters of where and how the brain trees and barnacles and space pumpkins crop up. It turns out there is a method to the madness of planetary plant life, taking into account surface temperature, planetary geology, and terrain types, commanders in the deep black are able to predict where these features are more likely to spawn. This discovery indicates that plants found on airless planets are part of the procedural generation in Elite, called Stellar Forge. If so, there may be patterns for other planetary objects like settlements and ruins that should be similarly decodable. The game has only been out for less than three years, and plans accessible for less than 18 months, so players may just be scratching the surface on what they can find on surfaces. So, beta time. 
Who's with me for a decal? I'm with you. You gonna play? You gonna do? You gonna go get a decal with me? Because I'm yeah, kind of interested in the karma you. thing. Because I don't like to shoot people in the actual server. Because I just feel that's bad. But it's beta. Uh, yeah. It's beta. Like I'll go. I'll go. I'll go hunting people. I'll go hunting people in beta. Sort of rack up some bad yeah, karma and see what happens. I'll go rescue the people you shoot. Perfect. And then I'll try to kill you too. So I'll. So you try. So I'll kill some people. And then you rescue them, and I'll come in and kill you, and I'll get all, all kinds of bad karma, and you'll try to do search and rescue. It'll be perfect. We'll test out both ends of the ends of, ends of the uh, new mechanics. This will be great, and we'll get decals. So here's my question. Here's my question. Shoot. With the amount of energy and obsession that many people have with discovering the secrets of this game, yeah. how likely do you think it is that someone in the beta will code mine out all of the Thargoid stuff? Well, I don't think the what the people on the Reddit thread were careful to say was that they're not in the code at all. What they're doing is they're uh, is they're actually just looking at the in-game data. And when you do a deep scan of a lot of planets, you can get a lot of data. You can get mineral concentrations and uh, orbital periods and surface temperatures and all kinds of stuff. And they're correlating that in-game data with the locations of some of these plant lice. And it turns out that if you're on a canyon ridge on a planet that has a high something in the in the crust and the surface temperature is between 200 and 400 degrees Kelvin, you're going to find this type of plant. And so they just go to systems, scan them. If they find a planet like that, they go to the planet. If they find the right feature, they go land somewhere on there. And then you find those uh, blue circle points of interest when you're on the surface. And sure enough, that's right, no, what they find. I I get that, but what I'm saying is that we have people who will dig into game code to find things. And I understand that that's not what happened with the right. the fungi, but with, I mean, I just see that if they're going to release yeah. 2.4 and lock the Thargoid content, it seems like somebody's going to try to break into the beta code. Yeah find the Thargoid elements and then release that as soon as they're successful. In, in prior patches, people have gone in to like look at the folders and stuff, and there have been there were things like Thargoid Capital Ship, right? Well, yeah. I don't know that we've seen a Thargoid Capital Ship yet unless you subscribe to the theory that the things on the ground are crashed or landed Capital Ships. So, you know, I mean that's, that's always a thing people can do. I don't, personally, I've instructed our research badgers that I don't really go hunting for that stuff, but I don't avoid it either. So if I see it, I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm not interested in spoiling it that much. Uh, so I mean, and I don't know. There are people out there, but the but a lot of a lot of the players that 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 enjoy communicating with other players and enjoy uh, sort of the hunt, they actively avoid that stuff. And in some of the threads that I frequent, they will ask the moderators to delete posts and things that that have that sort of code hunting uh, as a source. So I, I, I'm i sure people are going to do it, and I'm sure they're going to post about it, but I'm not looking for it, and the places I go looking, they're sort of policed. They're a little bit policed to try to uh, keep that stuff out. So you're probably not going to hear about it here on Guard Frequency, unless it's something really earth-shattering or something totally stupid, like, you know, I don't know, like the Klingons are suddenly appearing. They reveal in the game that the entire universe is actually a simulation within the simulation. Mind blown. I'll have to move to Oregon and get some of that legal marijuana at that point. This week's Elite Dangerous Community question. Will you be firing up your 
beta chameleon to test out the karma system? Excited about the new fungus among us? Let us know via all the social media netwebs details to come. But now it's time for news we didn't use. CIG released their monthly studio report for July. Spoiler alert! Everybody was working on 3.0. Solar system bobbleheads are available in the Frontier store near you. For just five quid, governor. Now that we're all cut up with the latest news, let's tune in the feedback loop and let you join in the conversation. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Some say he's injected himself with tiny wooden shoes, and as a result, his arteries are clogged. But all we know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. A recap of last week's community questions. Any of the new features on the buggy sound interesting or surprising? Do you like our tracking of the CIG development updates? And for Elite Dangerous, are you concerned about the 10 cent purchase of the Frontier stake? Got plans to be in London in early October? Leno Rebel writes in and says, Star Citizen. Looking forward to the buggies as long as the mechanics are not a bad clone of the ED buggies and are not from the Warthog School of Stunt Driving. Smiley face. Hopefully each buggy will have its own feel. ED FDEV. I have no plans to go to an FDEV con, but I'm curious now. Tencent are a little unheard of in the West, but they are gigantic. They own 80% of Clash of Clans, LOL Dev and the Orca Must Die Dev, and 5% of Tesla cars. They also have a film arm who have had a hand in a productions including Wonder Woman, Warcraft, and Kong Skull Island. They do appear to be less destructive to devs than the likes of EA and Activision, so I'm not that concerned for the future of ED Direction right now. Good show as always. Thanks for making my Tuesdays bearable in the office. And the Shiv writes it. Wait, wait, he's allowed to submit feedback? Sure, we don't let him hey. on the show. <laughs> yeah. I played Clash of Clans with a friend, and the game has only gotten better since Tencent purchased a part of Supercell. Aside from new features, they are more generous giving out gems. Maybe the costume store method from ED will transfer over more and I get a cool ocean theme for my army. I'd buy that for a dollar. Eh, Sean Newboy writes in and says, The Rebel Borg became the cooperative per the game Star Trek Online, but had no name in TNG. Wonderful show, everyone. Good job on covering the new of the verse. As for the cyclone, I'm just waiting for a more military ground transport like the ground vehicle from Aliens. Commander Akrosi writes in and says, As someone who hasn't yet backed Star Citizen, I really appreciate and look forward to your coverage of SC Dev News every week. I am not concerned with the 10 cent purchase of Frontier shares. Time will surely tell, but it seems like a simple way to enter the Chinese market and grab some extra cash at the same time. Also, senior community manager Ed Lewis said shortly after the announcement that David still owns a majority of the company. The direction and operation of business remains exactly the same. Keeping it awesome. Technically speaking, the, the statement that Edward Lewis made could be true at the time that he asked it because the deal hasn't closed yet. 
So David Braben, at this very at the time of this recording, still in fact does retain a sh majority share of the company. That deal won't close until uh, maybe just closed, but until August of 2017. So, and the direction of the company probably will remain the same because Tencent's purchasing a minority stake. And in order for the direction to change, a majority of the shareholders would have to say, you guys suck, quit doing that. It's unlikely that just after a transaction like that, 52% or whatever it is, uh, that would be the new non-David Braben-owned chunk of it, uh, would suddenly go, you guys suck, change everything. Um, so it, even without a majority share after the transaction, Ed's statement could still be true, technically. But... We'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. I'll I'll take a look and see if, if like in September there's new filings that give us a different picture of it. Like you said, if somebody's going to go in and just like try to completely change the direction of everything's going on, you don't buy a minority stake. You do a hostile takeover and grab a controlling interest. I, I think the more worrying situation would be less. Oh, we're going to start charging for laser guns or something like that. And a, rely, a reliable scenario would be somebody trying to buy him out. So if like. EA or Ubisoft says, you know what, we're gonna, we want to buy you out. And David Raven's like, well, I got enough cash, screw you. And But everyone else is like, we want money. Yeah. So, and then if he, does, if he no longer has a majority, then, and everybody else wants some of that green gold, then they're going to they're gonna go for that possibly. And he won't be able to stop them. Yeah, that, that, that's entirely true. But I have, a, I have a feeling that there's probably something buried in the Articles of Incorporation, it's kind of known around the lawyer places as a poison pill that triggers, there's usually something that triggers either a liquidation or a revaluation or something like that in the event of a hostile takeover. So I, somebody as, as invested in the development of that company and in the control of the IP as David Braben, I would imagine has something like that sort of built in. Um, even if he does no longer has a majority stake as far as shares go, I bet there's something in there. Possibly. In general feedback, Rambus writes in and says, there will be more delays in the future. Nothing we can do about it. So I'm not concerned at all. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have more games to play than SC. I got myself a pickup truck. I can't deal with carrying cargo. I've got a bad back. And by pickup truck, I mean Cyclone. We have no new Patreon this week. And this week's community questions... What was your reaction to the delay announcement? Do you think the ATV information is necessary or just a smokescreen? Let us know your thoughts on those and any other Star Citizen issues. Will you be firing up your Beta Chameleon to test out the Karma system in Elite? Excited about the new fungus among us. Drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you'll find on our website and over on our Facebook page. So, how is the show? Are we worth saving, or should we just let the alien plague arrive and wipe us all out? Either way, let us know. Here's how you can get in touch with us. Why not leave us a comment on this show's post over at GuardFrequency.com? Or hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak, or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash guard freak you can also use the contact form on our website and all the details for all the ways you can get in touch with us can be found in the show notes your feedback is an important part of what we do so take a minute and tell us what's on your mind and that brings us to the end of episode 179 of guard frequency we'll be back with episode 180 on august 15th so be sure to keep an eye out for our shows over at guardfrequency.com but that's not all you can also subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come over and join us at 10 p.m. Central 
as we record Guard Frequency live over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash guardfree. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? Well, drop us an email over at squawk at guardfrequency.com. And you can also support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. For just a buck twenty-five a week, you'll get access to the raw recordings of our live shows, some guard frequency goodies, and an invitation to our private Elite Dangerous flight group. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us with their subscriptions week on week and hope you'll consider making a regular contribution because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Are you looking for a friendly wingman or two? We're active in most space sims and would love to have you join us. You can find us over at discord.guardfrequency.com and don't forget about our system production, Priority One. They cover all things Star Trek from the TV series to the MMOs, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Our thanks to Community Manager Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artists Ben Sanders and Simon Charlton Edwards, our staff writer Jace Pentad, and of course our audio engineer Mikey. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and a special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. 2330, count 15. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard. Next, we see what news from your favorite space lambs. Space lambs. Next, we see what news from your space. I got myself a pickup truck. The hell? He got himself a pickup truck. Good for you. (laughs) I can't deal with carrying cargo. I got a bad back. Oh, by pickup truck, he means a cyclone. Okay. Okay. You guys by the hive mind anymore? No, we don't want to discuss about the hive mind anymore. (laughs) I've got a hive mind, baby. What was your act? We have some last minute feedback from the Twitch channel. We should probably put in the show here. Uh, I'm at CC says, Jeff, you sound younger on the podcast than you look on Twitch. Go Red Sox. (laughs) (laughs) We just. Wait, 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 wait. He sounds younger on the podcast than he looks. Well, we, we like, beef up his age in the podcast, like, pretty regularly. We, shall we say, exaggerate, use a significant amount of hyperbole when discussing Jeff's age on the podcast. So if he looks older on the stream than what we make him out to be, wow. Well, his actual age is, like, 3,000. So if you put that in context, oh, in co- okay. he, looks, context. he looks like a spring chicken. Context. Three million, that's three million, not three million. Three million, more zeros, more zeros. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to the feedback right, loop, because Tony's a dick. <laughs>